1: What do you got for me? What's wrong with you, big I got nothing for you. What's wrong with What's wrong Right there. That was so good. What's
0: going on everyone and welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church. And we are your local church podcast Churchman uh, Josh Loftus, which is me. And
1: my no host, you, you are Jack. Barry. You are insanely like <laughs> fatigued from that trip. I feel like you're out I, of it, dude. You're just like, yeah. whoa, let's do this, it's, yeah. It's, <laughs>
0: welcome <laughs> to the reformatory. <laughs> what do we talk about here? <laughs> um, yeah, I am out. Full disclosure, I am so tired. So I just <laughs> yeah. got back. Um, as of this, when this launches, well, we're recording the. Day before. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Um, It's been a long week. Uh, I just got back a few days ago, like Monday, Monday or Tuesday, um, from actually a really good trip. I was seeing a very dear friend get installed as a pastor down in Nevada Mm -hmm. and uh, went down there to support him and the family and check out his new digs and check out the church. And just, I mean, it was a very joyous time, great time, had a lot of fun. Um, hung out, smoked cigars, enjoyed just the gifts God has given crap, us.
1: Crap, crap, Talked on Marco Polo oh. a little bit.
0: <laughs> that was f- all his idea. Oh my that was one hundred percent his idea. I am like, man, I don't know. He's like, no, 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 do it, do it, Marco him, and then turn it to me, and then I'll say something. <laughs> so full disclosure: This is this is for for those who have been with us a while. Uh, this this goes back to the days of Daniel. Right. The DOD. The D O D. Days of <laughs> Daniel, right? He was a he was our original co host, my original co host, mm-hmm. right? And then he bailed on me. <laughs> bailed on me. <laughs> Failed. And then Jack came on, and it just got better. <laughs> and I have, I, that, that. I have to say that because I because I I love uh. razzing him, and he razzes me too. But yeah, Daniel accepted a call down at uh, Grace Community Church, not in California. This isn't MacArthur. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> <laughs> it's same name, Psych. same name, but uh, different church. Much very different church down in uh, Minden, Nevada. Uh, Brian Borgman, great friend. Uh, of mine, and just an awesome quality dude. OG Reformed Baptist. Mm-hmm. Like OG yeah. Reformed Baptist. Solid yeah. dude, dude. And um, yeah, Daniel accepted a call down there, and I went down for his installation service. It was phenomenal, fantastic. Um, really, really great. Solid church, dude. I can't remember the last time I've been in a church that sang that loud. Oh, wow. It was a little piece of heaven, my friend. Acapella? No, no, no. They had a piano. They had a piano okay. and then a, I think a guitar, acoustic guitar and then like a cone. But you could barely hear it. These people sang, dude. We sang City of Lights, um, um, Not I Yet Christ and Me. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. I just like, it, it was so good. I just stopped. I was just like listening. I'm just like, this is what uh, this is what heaven's going to be like only mm-hmm. obviously way better but yeah so yeah congrats to our og host daniel um, well done my friend and yeah it was a great trip but i drove down there in one day i drove back Ugh. in one day 13 Ugh. hours of drive time Ugh. and i have not recovered i am really tired <laughs> <laughs> i bet i am so tired dude um but uh yeah how are you
1: I'm doing all right. doing all right? Yeah. How's work, it's, dude? Uh, it's, uh, it's interesting. So I just got my first batch of job requisitions that I need to work on. Oh, yeah. And it is like, it's kind of like that moment where you're so excited on Christmas of like opening up a toy and you don't know how this works or it's like Legos. Yeah. If you've ever experienced this, you get like a new Lego set. You want it to be built like immediately, but like you have to put in the work to like build it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> until you get the finished product right it's kind of like that i mean it's like it's very much like going back to the basics it's like oh i need to send them an offer letter oh crap i didn't attach an offer letter <laughs> oh crap i didn't generate an hey, offer letter because hey, i all, forgot it's that.
0: okay man it's, you, you're working out all the kinks it's okay that's it's, true right. that's how it yeah. works so it's it's fun yeah. but uh yeah that's just awesome.
1: uh there's a lot of stuff in that and then we're going over and probably the higher ups are going to come out in beginning of May, okay, to like right. see the Pacific Northwest and see what's up, and so oh yeah, tour all the branches, stuff like that. But legit, man, fun time. So yeah, it's been fun to like be at home and like work, and then also do random crazy stuff. Like my wife and I, we went to like Federal Way to get. We had to go to Federal Way because she got her glasses there. Oh, okay. So we go and get her glasses. And then she goes into the the eye, the eye eyeglasses shop to put them on. And she's like, oh, man, it's really blurry. Oh, man, I'm getting a headache. And I'm like, oh, crap. And then we get home and she's like, I'm really starting to warm up to these. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Because <laughs> they're like, in two days, if you still get headaches or feel weird, bring them back. And I'm like, oh. But- Yeah, it's kind of fun doing that. Having like some flexibility—if you need to do an errand, you can go do it, and people won't get mad at you. Right. So, yeah, just stuff like that is like really kind of freeing. So good stuff, man. It snowed the other day. Yeah. What's up with uh, this? Yeah, I don't don't
0: want it to turn into just an old man podcast again, (laughs) talking about weather. (laughs) But yeah. (laughs) It's, it's snowed in the middle of April I don't know it's it's PNW dude it's what it does like at Whether this point drunk up in here, <laughs> at this point all bets are off right um, so Jack something I wanted uh, something we wanted to talk about today um, yes. put a, a feeler out to some of our listeners a little while ago asking about some some topics that that they or questions that they have that, that they'd like to talk about and one of them we got a lot of great responses and one of them that came through, was a question regarding um, mm-hmm. taking breaks in ministry, yeah, right? yeah And they're not not everywhere, but there is a stigma in mm-hmm. some circles and some individuals right that that believe you can't take a break from ministry and remain like yeah. you know faithful to your church right that that basically they 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 take the analogy of the church and equate it to marriage right which mm-hmm. obviously like there's a biblical <laughs> like the, yeah. there is biblical imagery there that is given in scripture we, we understand that but they go completely one to one right yeah. and say that a equals b and that just like marriage you can't take a break from marriage right like once you commit to marriage you're in it for the long haul, no breaks, you know, no separation. Which Jack and I would agree with. Yes, that's how marriage works, right? Don't you can't leave your your spouse because you get bored or you get tired, right? Like, yeah, you, you got to yeah. work through stuff. Yeah, we get that. Right, but they say it's the same when it comes to church and serving in ministry, particularly in the role of a pastor or an elder, right? Or a deacon, right? Someone who has been given yeah. a position of some sort of leadership, uh, some sort of service within the local church. There are individuals that will say, once you make that covenant in that position to that church, to that people, you're in it till you die. And <laughs> removing yourself from that for any reason whatsoever is akin to. Uh, some will call it spiritual adultery, which again I don't think uh, yeah. is very—I don't think that's a correct term. Some will call it unfaithfulness, right? Some will—some yeah. will say you're just—you're abdicating the role that God has given you, and you are, in a sense, wasting the calling and the gifts that He has given you to equip you for that calling, right? Mm-hmm. So, I wanted to talk about today. Just this idea of of like ministerial sabbaticals and why they exist, and why taking breaks in ministry is not only uh, is not only allowed, I believe biblically, but also encouraged biblically, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, how on the opposite end, you know, putting that kind of pressure on pastors, um, elders, deacons is actually. Um, is actually just causing a lot more damage than I think a lot of people think think it is. So basically, taking breaks in ministry, yes or no. I'm going to throw that over to you first, Jack. Can you can you take a break in ministry? Yeah, are you sure? I would, say,
1: uh, I would say yes, you can, and I would highly <laughs> encourage it. Because um, let's be honest about this. The biggest thing is burnout. And if you're burned out in ministry, y- you might as well be useless, to be quite honest. Mm. Like if you are completely burned out, if you've been going hard in the paint for years without a sabbatical, yeah. Um how would, I would I would recheck that policy. How so. would you again, I'm 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 completely
0: putting you on the spot here and I'm sorry, but, yeah. but when you talk about burnout, right? Specifically yeah. like spiritual uh mm-hmm. ministry burnout, how would yeah. you kind of
1: define that? Uh I would define it as like basically overworking yourself over uh being over anxious about things of the church to the point where you are like it's starting to affect your health mm, okay um, yeah, yeah it is starting mentally to... spiritually physically yep right? yeah i would go i would basically say you are working so hard that you are like working yourself to death <laughs> almost sure Which it can happen. I mean, a lot of people have said, like, if, if you're on the verge of burnout, you'd have hypertension, um, not only on top of that, but like, there's like doctors that say like you need to reduce your stress level or else if you don't do that, um, there's going to be significant health consequences. And so if you're dealing, I mean, it completely depends in every kind of church context. If you are part of a church that you're really involved as a pastor, Uh, yeah, you, you might, I don't know where your other elders are at, or I don't know how much you share your pulpit, which I would say you definitely should share your pulpit. Oh, hundred percent. Absolutely. With your other elders, because I feel like that's part of it. Like, I feel like if you're in a quote unquote lead pastor role, the stigma and the, and the, uh, kind of your own kind of policy is I have to preach every single Sunday. Except for maybe a month out of the year, or like a couple weeks out of the year, and that's it. Where I would say, like, eh, it's probably not good, bro. Probably not good. Let's, probably let's share your pulpit. Let's
0: uh, <laughs> again. This is gonna kind of be a rabbit trail, but but I do think I do think it correlates. Let's talk about that for just a second. Yeah. Obviously, there are times in the life of the church where the person preaching is really the only one in the church that is able to preach. Right. Yeah. Maybe the church yeah. is small. Maybe you just started. Maybe something happened, and your other preaching. You know, uh, your other elder that uh, had was. Wow, man, I'm tired. That had the gift <laughs> of preaching. Good gracious, get it out, Josh. That had the gift of preaching uh, left for some reason. Right. There are times yeah. when that load is fully placed on the shoulders of one person. Right. Yeah. Excluding those, which are I think the mm-hmm. minority of cases. Right. Yeah. We see this pulpit hogging a lot oh, yeah. in churches, right, Absolutely. where the pastor is going to be preaching 48, 49, 50, 50, you know, 50 weeks out of the year, right, and takes no breaks, right? Yeah. Um, that, to me, when I see that, right, right, when I mm-hmm. when I talk to um, preaching pastors and I ask them, like, you know, okay, how, how many weeks a year are you in the pulpit, right? And I start hearing those high forties, low fifties. Yeah, I start getting worried. Oh yeah, because it's Absolutely. because because it's one or the other, right? Uh-huh. They're either in a situation where there's nobody else, and these yeah. and, and these dudes need help, right? Yeah, these dudes need Absolutely. help. Or what I have found to be the more common on the mm-hmm. other side, mm-hmm. these dudes got some issues, and they don't want to share Get the little- pulpit.
1: Pride, little ego, right? In them. They don't yeah. want to share the pulpit.
0: Yeah. Now, either one, either one of those scenarios is going to result in damage to the individual, right? Yeah, right. The one that we're talking about primarily burnout, right, is mm. going to be the first one where he just doesn't have help, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, the second one, there's going to be a myriad of things that come from that. That, and, and we've seen yeah. nothing but examples of what happens when you have pride in the pulpit, right? We don't need to even need to go down that road. But these individuals, these these pastors, elders, um deacons too. It's mm-hmm. it's very important that you guys understand the weight of the office. Yeah, right? I can attest personally to this. I know mm-hmm. what it feels like to have the weight of the pulpit on your shoulders right mm-hmm. it's heavy right and the weight of leading a church being responsible for the leadership of the church caring for the flock mm-hmm. it's heavy yeah and it's supposed to be heavy right this mm-hmm. isn't a light thing that we do we don't do this because it's because it's it's fun right yeah. <laughs> we do this because that's what god has equipped us to do and we believe he has called us to do it, right? Yeah. Now, that doesn't yeah. mean that there's not joy in it. That doesn't mean that yeah. it's not enjoyable, right? And and I pray that the vast majority of your ministry experience is joyful, right? Mm-hmm. But there are times when it's heavy, and we need to understand how important it is to be able to have the freedom to step back and say, Lord, I don't think I'm very healthy at the moment, yeah. right and, and 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 just like you were saying Jack we need to understand that if we're going to be effective shepherds to the flock if we're going to mm-hmm. be effective in our service to our people we got to be healthy first yeah and this That's is it. really something i'll get i'll get uh i'll get personal here for a second this is really something that the lord is like driving home in my life right now mm-hmm. i am realizing right now more than ever how important it is for me personally to be spiritually healthy if I'm mm-hmm. going to care for the spiritual needs of others. Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I need to be healthy first <laughs> before mm-hmm. I can help others. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be perfect. You can't struggle with sin. You can't have your own... Like, like I have to be completely and totally fine until I can help other people. That's not what I'm saying, right? But I'm saying when there is a neglect, and this is something that I have found personally... When there is a neglect to my spiritual health, I'm not in the Word as much as I should be. I'm not praying as much as I should be. That will affect how I serve my people. Yeah. Right? And sometimes it is very biblical and right and prudent to take that break in order for that spiritual health to be regained so that you can then step back into that role. Right? It doesn't mean that you're leaving the yeah. role. It yeah. just means...
1: I need to get some, some, some things together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It also goes into like maybe how your church wants to be proactive in this as well too, because I know some churches they do uh, a two years on and then oh sure, sure, two years off kind of rotation of elders of elders primarily. Oh my gosh. I think it's snowing in. Uh, <laughs> and so, <No! laughs> yeah, I know just right in the middle of this. Um, but I mean, there's like rotations of that. There's also a rotation. I know our church definitely has a rotation of deacons where you do, you commit for two years and then you can renew it or you can take a step back for a little bit. I mean, there's stuff like that. There's, there's some, like, you know, the biggest thing I feel like in some churches is that, we don't want to have other people kind of quote unquote mess things up. Sometimes Mm. they don't have experience because it's hard to deal with. Sure. It's hard to deal with people who are like trying to start out in ministry. I mean, I I'm going to get a little bit lots of uh, zeal (laughs) transparent here for a little bit. Like honestly, there's, there's been some, some guests, preachers and pastors in our pulpit and there was one that I had, like, that happened, like, maybe a couple weeks ago. That I'm just like, man, I just did not get into a sermon at all. And I, like, text my pastor about it. My pastor's, like, very gracious. I'm a little bit more on the stern side. Like, yeah. what the heck, man? You're a little like, bit, you're nothing. <laughs> There was nothing in it for me. Like, oh I'm not that goodness. strong. I would say that strong, but it was just like I couldn't get into the sermon somehow. You, like, went, a little, just was you not... went a
0: little. You went a little Reformed Baptist grumpy <laughs> on me. Is what you did. <laughs> like, a little bit of it came out.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Like there's certain. I I guess for me, like where's the I'm meat? Accus- <laughs> or, what I'm what I'm most accustomed to, I guess, is just the gospel being a very tangible bomb. And it's being put on the wounds of my week mm. with some of my pastors. And I've gotten so used to that over this last maybe a little bit less than a year Sure. that when I hear somebody else come in and preach, it's like, okay, let me feel out how kind of their uh, little, little ticks are or something like that. And sometimes it's just like, I can't really get into the sermon for whatever. And that's, I guess that's just me. But also it's just like, you know, you're going to have to deal with that in a church. Like if you get new pastors and preachers and teachers, you know, and say, hey, they're going to preach and it may be rough, but hey, we got to have some kind of continuity here. Right. So there's that. There's also, you know, how you develop your leaders, a leadership pipeline. I mean, there's things to go about it. If you are a small church that you can go about it in the right way to start building up, a bench of leaders to help out so that you're not burned out. But yet again, I think sometimes too, some churches, I mean, the pacing of things is just really hard. Um, And I don't think necessarily you need like deacons and elders to do everything for you. But if your whole church isn't like enabled to like take up the call to basically gather together and like make some sort of resource for your church, I'll give you an example Like I know in bigger churches, you would have certain people on staff doing certain things, and those certain things would kind of get them to that burnout stage versus I feel like a congregation of people doing something together, like putting together a devotional book that's very grassroots, Uh, it takes a lot of load off of the quote-unquote leaders like deacons and elders and shows that the church can just and just do stuff (laughs) and you don't have to necessarily like all you have to do is say here's the direction why we want to go what do we what do we all think of this and just gather people in a room and just let the church be the church sometimes and just like you know gather together the resources they need and everything and then put it together that way i mean that's the beauty that i've seen over the last year that i've been in my local church is that we switch from different churches is that the local once you assemble people and assemble the local church and you know and you trust that they can just knock it out of the park like you don't have to worry about that stuff (laughs) but again not everybody's in that situation right now and i get that (laughs) i think that's what we're a little bit talking about today but i think there's steps that you can put into place and you can start on to where you can get to that point of health to where oh man ministry is now feeling not As a burden or I don't feel as burnt out because they're starting to be and become things that are rhythms that make my life as a pastor easier. So,
0: yeah, 100 percent. And I think it's important to to cultivate one that type of culture but also those types of frameworks within your leadership structure to help aid with that right yeah um you mentioned having a leadership pipeline right that that part of the church culture and again i realize not every church can do this but it's a thing to strive toward right that we are bringing up men to be trained to take the load right right and to help shoulder the load because mm-hmm. it's heavy, right? And that yeah. that's going to help with burnout is when you have other people around you, right? Um, having a an understanding with the other elders to help keep each other accountable um, in terms of the workload that they're taking on, right? And having a very clear communication and open dialogue uh, about that health right and about you know we want to make sure that that this isn't going to be too much that you're not taking on too much you're already doing this how is it going to manage here right and and having having those conversations be centered around okay how is this going to affect your ability to to serve the church but also how is this going to affect your family how is this going to affect your relationship with your wife you know your kids your ability to be home right Mm -hmm. because like that has to be your that has to be priority yeah. Right, men who put their ministry and their churches over their families, yeah, don't last long.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. It it just doesn't happen, right? Yep. And and, and we've seen what happens when that that relationship is is reversed, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it's important for pastors and elders and deacons, anybody who's serving, to understand that you're only going to be as effective as you are healthy. Yeah. Right. And sometimes. It requires you to take a step back, to reconsider, to mm-hmm. reevaluate, yeah. and to gain some some health. Right. This is why I'm a big fan of pastors taking sabbaticals. Yeah, they need them, right? Yep. Um. This is why I'm a fan. I I'm not necessarily for the whole rotation thing. I. I don't because here. Okay, here, here, here's here's why I don't like the rotation thing. And again, this is just me talking, right? Mm-hmm. Is because when when there's a mandatory rotation, sometimes an individual who has been equipped by God to lead the church is doing fine, is forced by their constitution to be removed from leadership, <laughs> right? Sure, yeah, right, and yeah. they would. Be very effective, continuing to serve the church, and the church would be very blessed to have them. Right, mm-hmm. so I, I'm not the biggest fan of 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 rotations like in within the constitution of a church or within the polity of the church. Yeah, I am a fan of, and I think this is a I think this is a better model, um, because I actually think that it promotes the right conversations of. That pastor's effectiveness and willingness to continue in the role that they are in with being an open dialogue. Yeah. Right. That, that, that we're constantly in communication with each other. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Um, you know, is this is this still something that you feel the Lord is calling you to? Right. And yeah. to not put the pressure on them mm-hmm. to, you know, if you've committed to this, you've committed to the long haul. Yeah. Right? Now obviously we don't want to be flippant about our service to church, right? And that's not yeah. what we're saying. We don't want to go into it like, well, you know, I'll do this for a little bit and if I don't like it, I'll, <laughs> you know, I'll bail, right? It's like it's like this isn't like this isn't a movie that you're going yeah. to see. It's like, well, if it d- doesn't grip me within the first half hour, I'm out, right? At least I got some popcorn out of the deal, right? <laughs> right? We need to be very serious, especially when we are called to serve our our, our churches, right? In in any yeah. form of leadership. It's a serious thing. But it is not something that should be seen as a, as a ball and chain. Yeah. Now, once you put your name on this, you're here for life. The only thing yeah. that is getting you out of this is you messing up royally, or you're dead. <laughs> like one of the two, right? Um, I don't think that's a healthy mentality. So
1: overbearing.
0: Man. Well, it, like it is, but really <laughs> but there are churches, but it's a real thing. You know, yeah. and 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 there are individuals that that are in those situations, right? And it mm. breaks my heart. Because yeah. it provides, it, it puts on them such a pressure, right? Mm-hmm. On top of all of the other pressures that come with ministry. Yeah. We don't need to be adding any more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I am a big fan of pastors, elders, deacon, taking breaks if you believe you need one, right? And to have that culture within the leadership to where you can vocalize that, and not be just basically slapped around or asked what's yeah. wrong with you or, or, yeah. you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to love each other and give each other the support and the care that we need. And this needs to be, this needs to be so true, especially in church leadership, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, on top of it too, there needs to be an openness in case something happens. Mm. To one of your pastors. Um, right. It depends, too, on on where they are at as far as if they are vocational, if they're bivocational, or if they're non-vocational. So that has a lot of bearing coming into play, too, when, let's say, your non-vocational, one of your non-vocational elders who sometimes preaches says, Hey, um, you know, my wife and I have been praying for a couple years now that the Lord would direct our steps we don't know if it's continuing with this church or not but we're just keeping our kind of wits about us yeah like we had that in our local church happen not too long ago and we're a non-vocational pastor he's with a ministry they're moving him they moved him to colorado but it was not only moving him it was he was taking that call to go back to colorado because him and his wife were praying about that as well too sure and so there are things that'll come up like that, depending upon your call that you have to be open to sometimes. And right now we're working with two elders, elder pastors, and then we have five or six deacons. So, I mean, but yet again, like not everybody who serves needs to be a deacon. I mean, I do some duties in and of myself because I've been a deacon in the past where I know how to minister to people yeah. in some ways. And so that can be relatable into how you serve the church sometimes. And I think that goes hand in hand with maybe just as a pastor, you need to know how your church is gifted, like what your people can do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you don't have those conversations with them, you're not going to find out and you're not going to know until, you know, you're looking down, you know, uh, a prescription to like take a sabbatical and you're like, Oh, I could have avoided a little bit of this stress in the long haul if I would have planned in a certain occasion in a certain way. And so there's stuff like that, that comes in handy that I think you should be able to do to just plan out things and put structures into place and just take the time to learn how your people can serve the church in some ways when there aren't as many leaders there to do that. Or if they're already leading in a certain capacity, why don't you just make him an elder a deacon somehow, you know, just stuff like that. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if the
0: calling's there, if the gifting's there, if the qualifications are there again, it's part of that. It's part of that mentality of look, like the we need to be bringing people on to help with this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And not ignoring it. Right. Um, it's not that you're flipping about just you, you, you get eldership and you get eldership. <laughs> you, I mean, we have qualifications we got to follow, obviously. Um, yeah. But I, I am very concerned when I see churches who have pastors and especially like perhaps larger churches because again, yep. I understand not every it's not a cookie cutter thing, right? But mm-hmm. especially larger churches, when I see you know one pastor, maybe two pastors and they've been there forever and have no other elders, yeah, what are y'all doing? Yeah, why aren't you bringing yep. up any more people? Yep. you got a big church here. Yep. The odds of at least a couple dudes being qualified, pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's- um, And it's yeah. it's
1: always a red flag when I don't see mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That's where you go back to, uh, are you a culture that wants to open up the pulpit and have more people come into leadership and have a, plur- a legitimate plurality elders? Right. Yeah. Or is it just you being the mini-pope? In the pulpit,
0: so <laughs> <laughs> mini pope. <laughs> don't be the mini pope. Don't uh, yeah, do, that. do that. Yeah, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, yeah. So, in 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 conclusion, in synopsis, guys, you know, taking a break from ministry and evaluating your spiritual health and your effectiveness to serve the people that you have been mm. called to serve—it's a good thing. Yeah, right. It's not a shameful thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing a right thing right you're not being flippant with your call I don't believe that I don't believe nope. you're abandoning anybody I don't think you're committing nope. spiritual adultery I don't know nope. I don't think you're doing that you realizing that like sometimes ministry has a season brother need a break and that's okay that's okay <laughs> yeah. it's not a bad yeah. thing right and it doesn't mean you can't come back yeah right sometimes you need a break you need a sabbatical yeah. you need to recharge Right. And then you are again fully equipped to serve the people in the same capacity that you were. Right. Mm -hmm. That's how it works sometimes. And that's okay. And we need to be constantly evaluating and checking up with each other. Right. Asking, how are you doing? How can I be praying for you? How is this season of uh, uh, ministry going? Right. That's something that we need to be doing for each other. It's very, very important. So, yeah. Lots more that could be said, but we're going to wrap it up there. Um, Yeah we love you guys we love you church leaders you pastors mm-hmm. elders you deacons church members we love all of you and and we yes. want you to be fully equipped to to do the good work that God has called you to do for yes. your local church whatever that looks like right mm-hmm. whether you're in leadership or not your calling as a Christian in your local church is just as important right yep. and we want you to be fully able and equipped to do that yes. and uh, yeah
1: yeah I'm all for it. Yes. I love it. Yes,
0: sir. 100%. Jack, get us out of here, man, because I'm tired. I got to go to bed.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let us tuck in, Josh. Yeah, tuck me in. <laughs> tuck me in. Sing me <laughs> some yellow Give me a nice glass of soothing milk. Yes. But before we got to do that, we got to tell you about how you can support us and follow us on the sociables, if you will. The Facebook, the Zuck mm. site, the Metaverse. It'll go down in the next 24 hours, probably. Uh you can follow us there. You can also follow us on the Instagram. Goes well with chocolate and marshmallow. You can also follow us on the little blue bird site. It may be taken over by Elon Musk within the next 24 hours. You never know, people. Didn't you get the memo? <laughs>
0: <laughs> deep cut. Deep, deep cut. cut on that deep. that um, that's in honor of Daniel. That that that, yeah. that, that right there. <laughs> that dark knight <laughs> reference. That's in honor of Daniel. Yeah.
1: Uh, So, you can follow us on all those sociable platforms at the tag, at ReformatoryPod. Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they might support us in other ways. Maybe giving us a five stars or five solos review. That would be
0: fantastic. That's honestly the best way that you could do that right now. Um, Mm. We would greatly appreciate. If you're on iPhone, all you got to do is scroll down. It takes five seconds. Give us a little five starage. We would really appreciate that. And if you're feeling extra, like extra thankful, extra spicy, Mm
1: -hmm. you can
0: leave us a little review. You could talk, you know, you could talk about the awesome intro that we have. You could talk about Jack and I's banter. You can talk about how we are not at all like another podcast (laughs) that may be closer to, you know, the East Coast, (laughs) right? Because that seems to be popular right now. It's just, let's just compare these guys. (laughs) You can talk about how we're not, what was the word used? (laughs) Slups. schlumps schlups schlups i don't know i don't know i don't know um we would greatly appreciate that yes we would thank you very much for that you can head to uh, reformatorypod.com got a bunch of local church merch Mm -hmm. that would look really good on you i guarantee it and uh, we do have a patreon it's a little bare these days but we thank every one of our patrons we thank you all um, for supporting the reformatory in the way you do if you choose to be a patron and that's something that you want to do. You get early access to episodes. Anything that we make, uh, we throw up there um, early, right? So, um, and uh, most importantly, for $5 a month, a $5 holla, mm-hmm. you too could have your name hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. hallowed through the halls of this podcast we would greatly appreciate you all doing that jack i'm looking at this event in september that's (laughs) up here near me it's midgard viking festival (laughs) and i kind of want to go oh my gosh it's in september and uh, i feel
1: like you just need to take a camera and and we just need to film the shenanigans that would happen with that
0: dude there's like woodworkers there's axe throwing I'm terrible. Oh, at I might have to, dude. I'm, I, my Norwegian side <laughs> is going off right now. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'm being distracted. We thank you all for listening to this ep, and we will catch you on the next ep of the Reformatory.